But honestly, I will say that I think Laura X-23 was the turning point. I think there's been like a newer generation of heroes from her to Kamala to Miles to Kate Bishop who have made their mark and they're going to be around forever. And they're kind of like staples of their companies now. And I think that that's really interesting to see because Kate Bishop honestly was not the one who I expected to be there. Who did you think was going to be like kind of the one to do that? Hello, 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 everybody. We are back. Welcome to another relaunch. We are your hosts. I am in honor of the book that came out. I am Nubia, queen of the Amazon. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> the, the queen of the Amazons. You had to flip that wig. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I am, I'm not going to be, I am, you know what? Let's be uh, Dick Grayson. Mr. Nightwing himself. Aww. I've been doing squats. Hey, <laughs> big day. Okay. All right, Mr. Grayson, how are you this week? I'm great. You know, it had been a long week as far as like work and everything, but so far this weekend has been off to like a pretty chill start. And you know, I like it to keep it chill. So like, mm-hmm. I've been pretty good. In a nice little headspace, you know. Okay. I like that. <laughs> I love a good headspace. Um, I mean, I agree. Work has been work, you know. Beating down the doors of capitalism is nothing new Child. for us. But it's taxing. <laughs> it's more it's more. It'd be like, look, what? And the, it, it, because you get two folds. It's either very busy, or you're not doing anything at all. And both times, mm. you're just like, I would rather be home. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Who? Why do I have to do this? And I have to do this for like how many more years? It's no. Crazy. It's crazy. We did my office. Um, we did like a little potluck, friendsgiving type of situation okay. earlier this week, which was really nice. I don't like to cook, so I just ordered a big thing of Popeyes and I brought that instead for. <laughs> it was like it was like the hit. Like when I brought it in, like when I brought. I was the gonna bag, say that sounds good. <laughs> I brought the bag and one of the girls was like, "Oh my god, did you bring Popeyes?" I was like, "Yes, I did." She was like, "I've been thinking about this all day," and then they were like talking, and all you smell is this chicken. Everybody's like, "What smells so good?" I'm like, "How's the food, you guys?" You love it? You know, I was going to ask you if you, like, um, what what do you bring to those kind of potlucks? <laughs> if you, like, made anything. But you know what? Popeyes is way better than trying to, like, make something. I hate cooking. And I would prefer people to bring me Popeyes instead of, like, whatever you was going to cook. Every single time. Every single time. Like, get a little hottie <laughs> sauce on the side. Let's do that. Um, the yeah. hottie sauce is good. <laughs> it's really good. It's, like, a little spicy, which is but not too spicy. Yes. It's got a little sweetness to it. She did that. It's giving, it's giving sweet and sour with a little kick, and I like that. Into it. Um, but, no, I hate cooking. So anything that requires <laughs> a kitchen, I do not want to do it. And, like, when I do cook and, like, I'm in the kitchen, it's for the least amount of time possible. Like... I'm getting something that cooks very fast. I don't want to be in there for more like than 30, 45 minutes. I don't want to use more than four pots if I have to. Mm-hmm. Mm. So if I can so buy it, clean up after. then you got to clean up. It's too much. <laughs> it, that's what I'll do. Speaking of buy, I also bought some comics. So let's talk about those. 
it. And first up on the list, oh, is Nubia and the Amazons. Number two, and that comes from Stephanie Williams and Vita Ayala with art from Aletha Martinez. Um, and we read the first issue. I enjoyed it. Come up on the second issue. I think I'm still enjoying this. So I think the thing, what happens in the book is Nubia is going through the mascara. She's kind of relishing in her new spot as queen. And we get some reminiscing on how she felt before that and like how she's gotten to this point, some things she's done, how she's feeling about it. And if she's ready or not for this role of leadership, we uh, continue to meet the new Amazons that have just come from the Well of Souls. We find out that during this battle that Nubia and the Amazon Andromeda, I believe her name was, um, they like knew each other in their past lives, it seems like. She saved her at yeah. one point in time, and so here they were fighting again, and they keep feeling like they have this connection, but they don't know what it is, and we have the Amazons talking about how they have these like fuzzy memories of their past lives. Throughout this book, we realize that Medusa apparently seems to be free, and she is like going through and possessing different Amazons, turning them into stone as she leaves their bodies, and she gets close to the one that Nubia seems to know in the is past. something Medusa could always do? I was that like I, a new skill? I, I didn't know she could do that. You know, I'm not going to lie. I don't be in the Wonder Corner like that. Diana is not my, <laughs> not my kind of girl. So no. I've like dipped in and out of a couple of things. So I haven't really read too many of the stories with DC's Medusa. So I don't know what she could do. But mm. I was into it. I'm not going to lie. I do feel as though it's kind of It was kind of cool. <laughs> But I feel as though it's kind of weird that they turn a stone like after she leaves their body because you're just leaving all these stone women around. Somebody's gonna run into that. Mm-hmm. I feel like, but whatever. She don't care. Clearly, uh, but I'm continuing to really like this story. I'm uh, really liking what they're doing with Nubia and how they're kind mm-hmm. of building her character and just seeing how she's uh, coming into this role. It's an interesting read. Yeah, I'm really interested in this um, because kind of like you said, where we kind of didn't even know what the hell Medusa could do. This is telling me now. And I feel like this has really been showing a lot of like the mm-hmm. mascara and like their kind of culture, um, which and y'all can correct me. But like I haven't really read too many Wonder Woman stories, too many older Wonder Woman stories anyway. Um, so um, I don't know how much of like the deep parts of like the Themyscira like culture that they actually really showed as far as the like women's lives and all that kind of stuff. Um, so outside of like Diana, you know? Yeah. So I think the only time, I think the only time I can ever really remember getting too much deep Amazon lore was during the Brian Azzarello run. Yeah. Where they like talked about how the Amazons. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I understand why a lot of people did it. Yeah. That that one did the whole thing with the Amazons were like kidnapping the men and like getting pregnant by them and then like turning them into slaves and stuff like that. A lot of people didn't like that. And also, I think that's what made Diana related to Zeus, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that was the run that uh, said that she was related to Zeus instead of made from clay. Yeah, people also. I kind of like. I kind of like that too. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I thought it kind of spiced it up. I'm sorry. I I liked it too. I'm not gonna lie, but again, (laughs) I understand why a lot of Wonder Wonder Woman fans didn't like it, and I only realized it because I think it was Gail Simone. She was doing a tweet thread one day about it, and she was saying how it was just another way to tie the Amazons to the man. 
and like this this like group of women and all this stuff and like taking the origin of like her being made from clay like took away a lot of the like magic and essence of it, of the character and then like being created from her mom and Gaia and all that stuff like that. So I was like, oh okay, I totally get okay. that. Yeah. The Zeus thing was hot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Nubia is uh, she's jumping out at this character. I'm I'm really interested to see how it goes. I'm interested to see if they get their memories back of the lives they lived before yeah. they came to the Well of Souls on Themyscira, but also how that will affect them and like what their persons are like. The new Amazons are cool. Yeah, probably it causes some of them to want to leave Themyscira because you know you may want to go they, continue to live that life or something. Which is that something they're still allowed to do or like not allowed to do? I don't know. I don't know. It seems like that that rule has been kind of like mm, it's whatever. You can kind of come and go as you please, <laughs> as long as you know how to get here. <laughs> <laughs> you can just as long do as it you show up, you don't bring a man. You're fine. Um, yeah, pretty pretty much. <laughs> that's it. But what would you rate this issue? Um, honestly, I would give this issue a 3.5 out of 5. I'm still really enjoying the story that they're telling here. Um, I'm excited to get more into like Nubia and her fighting because I liked when they were at the, um, what do they call that circle? The Victor Circle place. And they kind of broke down all of the different like accolades that the different characters had. And they also kind of gave you the hints of like their fighting styles, basically, like how uh, it said. Diana holds the record for most ground submissions, and Nubia holds the record for most KOs. So it's like, okay, <laughs> you're beating is. bitches up. <laughs> um, and I'm excited to see more of that. You know, I wish more books would really start using data pages. Like, who cares if, you know, Hickman kicked it off or whatever? Like, so they're <laughs> just hot. do it. They're hot. Yeah. This one's, uh, this book's a little like data page s type of situation, which is really cool. I'm into them. Yeah, I like. What would you rate this issue? Um, also agree. A three out of five, three point five out of five feels very solid. We're getting a lot of the story. We're still getting a lot of Nubia. Again, Nubia still feels like a fairly new character. So mm-hmm. I like that there's not too much that you can really base to be like, oh, this feels like too out of depth for her, or feels too out of character. It's like no, it's like okay, this is great. I'm interested to learn who she is, which has been fun. Yeah. Next up on our list is Aquaman the Becoming number three, and this is from Brandon Thomas, and this issue has art from Scott Koblish, um, which complemented the previous art style really nicely. But mm-hmm. Jackson is still on the run. He has used the teleporter that Mara gave him in the last issue to teleport to various Justice League hideouts. Uh, the machine has healed him, although the Atlanteans are still in hot pursuit, and Mara's is now has officers following her around because of course they think that she knows where Jackson is or that he'll come back to her and that they have this connection. She's supposed to be doing something with Zebul and and going to give a speech and she seems to be the target of one of the attacks coming. And we get her contacting Hawaii, who, for those who still have not read it, despite what I said, showed up in (laughs) Kelly Sue DeConnick's Aquaman run when Scott Clark guest starred that was jackson's little boyfriend which i will say i feel like the introduction of him was a little bit clunky because if you hadn't read that book you wouldn't know who he was and so you just kind of felt like oh who's this random guy just popping up out of nowhere talking about oh that's fair i think i only knew that because of you talking about this and Mm -hmm. because i've seen images (laughs) of the two of them together that i was like oh here goes his little boyfriend looking yeah but if you don't see all that and this is like your first introduction to jackson it's kind of like oh okay hi guy but I will say this was my first introduction to their relationship, and he kind of annoying. 
<laughs> like relax. Love. He's he's Hold him down. <laughs> Lord, goodness. Ah, uh, but yes, he meets the little boyfriend. Um, I think this this is a nice little transition issue. It feels like a third issue, middle ground before we kind of hit like the next big step. The biggest thing that happens is Jackson gets attacked. By Not somebody this. at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Not this. Jackson gets attacked at the end by somebody. His mom shows up to help. Um, he's fighting. They're doing this big brawl. The person's like, you don't know. Like, your mom's been lying to you. She's not who you think she is. Blah, blah, blah. Jackson's like, whatever. Don't talk about her. Knocks her out. He's like, who is this? Come to find out. He has a sister. Delilah. Not this. <laughs> now, it's crazy uh, this because trope. when I was reading Black Manta, I was talking about how I thought Devil Ray was gonna show up, pop up, and be Manta's like secret son, and Jackson's like maybe secret brother. But it's like, oh wow, that hasn't happened yet. But he's got a secret sister. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy that you did literally just bring that up. Um, does does Devil Ray like ever look more like Jackson or like Black like Manta? Black Manta. Could he be a clone? Is what I'm asking. Oh, that would be sick. I like not like good that. Way. Not yeah. good <laughs> gagging yeah. sick. Like, <laughs> oh no, definitely don't. Um, he he definitely looks like Black Man a little bit. I hope he's not a clown. I don't want to go that path. Like, I'm let's sorry, let, let Jackson <laughs> just have multiple siblings. That's fine. But yeah, the sister reveal, we get it. You know. Why do they love this so much? <laughs> Why? What it's, is it about like a hitting sibling that is just such has become such a trope? It gets the people going. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's gonna be interesting to see like how he's had this sister this entire time that he doesn't know about. Like, where has she been hiding? Is she also Zebelian? Is she also Manta's son? I mean, Manta's daughter. You, she. They got different daddies. Like, what's going on? Why? Is it she seems hiding? like they're gonna have different daddies. I think, yeah. And she seems also um, like pretty down for the Zebelian cause, I assume. Yeah, that's what it seems like. But we'll see. I've, I've been enjoying a lot of everything that um, Brandon Thomas has been doing so far on this run. Mm-hmm. So I'm trusting it. I'm just going with the flow right now. And we see that this is another issue that's a prelude to the Aquaman series that got announced. That's going to be yeah. dealing with like the entire Aquaman family. Starting in February, add it to your pull list. It's been a little frustrating to read this um, because, as a static fan, this is what I've always wanted for him. (laughs) 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 Um, But, you know, Mm. they they still try to make him Miles Morales. Yeah. Jax is growing up, though, so that's hot. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you, man. No, he they had him like hopping around to all the different like locations of all the DC headquarters and I thought that was really cool. Even him like contacting the Titans or whatever was dope. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. like it seemed as if you he could contact them because he has still has their information, but it wasn't mm-hmm. like still being like held back by being just a Titan. Like I'm growing into okay. something. 
Yes, because Titans has become purgatory for so many characters. Oh, and my face. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm so glad that they've, like, really cemented him in the Aquaman world and kind of, like, got yeah. him out of that and just, like, are making him this character that his own. It's like, yeah, he was tight for, like, five minutes. Cool. <laughs> we over <laughs> here. Because <laughs> the Titans are not. Do not take us back there. Yeah, they're not winning. I can't um, What would you rate this issue? Um, I think I would give this issue a 3.5 out of 5. Um, there were some moments where I wasn't the biggest fan of the art, um, but I really like the colors in this. Um, yeah. And I like some of the, act, the action scenes as well. Um, so, yeah, I would give this a, a 3.5 out of 5. Still a great story. I'm into Jax there. He's cool. Agree. Agreed. I still feel um, 3.5 out of 5 is where I put it to. Again, I still feel like if you're a newer reader to Jackson, some things might be a little bit confusing. Um, I still did really appreciate the art, though. I'm very excited for Ortega to come back next issue. And um, we'll see what goes on with Miss Little Delilah and what she's given. Because she seemed like she got. Hey there, Delilah. What's it like in Zebel City? Okay. Um, next up <laughs> is Nightwing 86, and this is from Tom Taylor and Robbie Rodriguez. And take it away. Okay, so, like, I don't know if I'm in the minority here, but I'm not the biggest fan of um, Dick and Barbara as a couple. And that's pretty mm-hmm. much the what this was establishing, again, that we got last issue where they kissed, where, again, they, they meet up with... Um, with uh, Robin and uh, the others after they kind of discovered that uh, Cassie and um, oh wait they both oh, wait no and spoiler what's spoiler's real name Stephanie Stephanie Stephanie, <laughs> Stephanie yeah <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie and Cassie were like in this building that exploded but then it, that was last issue where we found out in this one that they had already gotten out because they were trying to fight um whoever they were trying to fight and they couldn't win. So they had already escaped. Um, and so we find out they were, all of them are fine. They kind of have this like hug moment between the bat fam and everything. Um, and Tim and uh, Steph both comment on Dick and Babs, like kissing and like being a couple. And they're like, Oh yeah, they finally did it. Um, which like, I don't know, felt weird for them to just be sitting there like, Oh yeah, they finally did it. <laughs> if that was like, <laughs> Just sitting there watching them make out. (laughs) Yeah. Or just, like, you know, being, like, weird about them being together. As if it was, like, some, like, oh, my, anticipating moment. Like a will-they-won't-they kind of thing. Which I thought that they had already been, like, through and over. I mean, I don't know. I don't know enough about Nightwing. It felt, I don't know. This one, this issue for me felt like regression. And it felt like Mm -hmm. regression, and it felt like, um... Like, it was just a setup for the Batgirls book. <laughs> like, this was all about um, Barbara getting her old suit back and being out and about, but, like, pretty much taking down this um, previous Oracle, or the Oracle mm-hmm. who kind of broke into... She's basically going to be an Oracle villain. This villain broke okay. into her system, and she got away, and it was obviously that that's going to be the new villain of the Batgirls series. Um, I don't know. I don't think I liked this issue as much as I liked previous ones. I'm ready for Nightwing to get back to Bloodhaven. This was all set in Gotham. Um, so, you know, he so, really what happens there. So they're like officially, officially a couple again now. Yeah, it seems that way. Okay. 
I mean, right? <laughs> Nobody moved. <laughs> like at all. I'm sorry. I like Dick and Starfire. That's hot. Me too. It's hot. That's that's the that's the new age Batcat right there. It's hot. And I'm like I said, I always would like Starfire, you know, being single and doing whatever she wants to do. But if I, it's between like Dick and Babs or Dick and Starfire, for sure, it's Starfire. Mm. But I know I guess they we going back. I don't so I know guess, why. Like, what but, happens now? Is he going? You say he's going back to he's Bloodhaven. Going, he's going to go back to Bloodhaven and continue doing his Nightwing solo stuff over there, while the Batgirls are now going to be Batgirls. Okay. Well. And this issue also had the Batgirls backup story in it, like every DC issue <laughs> that I've had so far. Um, yeah. Um, so if anyone wants to check out like what's going to be in this Batgirl series with Stephanie and Cassie, a lot of these books right now have like a little preview for you. Okay. Well, what would you rate this issue? Um, honestly, I'd give this issue a, like a three, two, a 2.5, somewhere between 2.5 and a three. I was okay. really just not a fan of like, us going back okay. to Gotham and this entire thing being a setup for the Batgirls mm-hmm. issues. I mean, the Batgirl series that's coming out and just like them reestablishing Dick with Babs. So I guess what do, what do like the Nightwing fans want? Like, what's the idea? Him not to be tortured and and like <laughs> and <laughs> um, beat up for the sake of some story and just let him be happy being a superhero. In Bloodhaven. Oh. Well, maybe now that he has Babs, that'll happen. That's not gonna happen with that girl. <laughs> That's, no. I don't know. No. He's trouble. Those be the ones they say. I don't know. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Okay. Well, next up on the list is Shang-Chi number six, and this comes from Jean Lu and Yang and Dyke Ruin. And um, this continues just a really interesting story about getting to know Shang-Chi and him in the Marvel Universe. So the Avengers actually show up to Shang's compound because they're like, give us the Cosmic Cube. You, we know you have it. Like, you're leading the Five Weapons Society. You're this bad guy. Again, we don't trust you. Spider-Man's kind of like, no, I don't Let's think so. There. No, not this time. You lucked out. <laughs> it was um, it was Iron Man, Captain America, Spider Man, Mister Fantastic, and oh. the guest of the issue, Thor, shows up. Oh, so okay. yeah, so like obviously once they show up and they're accusing Shang Chi of whatever, he's like, "Don't come in here." So they all start fighting, and well, Iron Man's. <laughs> so, I mean, he kicked Iron Man. And he technically fought all these guys already. He like kicked Iron Man. One of his brothers went after Captain America. Um, his sister, you know, she they were there helping fight too, and so okay. they were like kind of holding their own a little bit. But then Iron Man's like, okay, bring Thor down. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. What's they gonna do with his and so like Thor comes down, Thor's like, okay, so um Shang-Chi's brother throws him like this sword, this mystic sword that he had told him got destroyed. It apparently like gives him like these extra lightning powers and the sword is supposed to be super strong. So he's like able to kind of stand off against the hammer. 
<laughs> but see, this is where this is where you're wrong. So like he's fighting them, or he's kind of like holding his own, and like even everybody's watching the Iron Man and Captain America, and they're like, Shang Chi's holding his own against Thor. Because <laughs> 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 he's got the sword, and Shang's like, okay, I realized that this sword feels familiar, like something I know, and so he thinks he's like melt Thor's hammer, and then the hammer melts. Come to find out, it's the cosmic cube. Oh, the brother okay, had cool. <laughs> the, the brother had morphed it into like this sword that was supposed to give him these extra powers to do this stuff. And once he realizes, like, no, you actually did steal it, the Avengers were right. So he turns his brother over to the Avengers and gives them back the cosmic cube. And uh, Spider Man and him have a little moment. He's like, I knew you were still one of the good guys. Like, so happy for you. And Shang Chi's like, I don't know because now his sisters are mad. That he turned the brother in. The rest of the society is kind of like, oh, we don't know about you. You give our people. <laughs> and then the Avengers are still looking at him because Iron Man and Mr. Fantastic have a conversation. They're like, how do we know that he didn't just give his brother up to cover his own tracks? And they're like, we don't. So, like, everybody's looking at Sean kind of funny. Now, the other sister that he has, the little mutant one that they just found, she's also betraying Sean. With the little pickle thing, right? Yes, yes, her. She's betraying him, and she goes back to this other dude who's plotting against him, and she's like, he's at his weakest point right now, let's move, and so he's like, alright, let's go kill him. And that's how the issue ends. Oh, It's hot. Family drama. Okay. It's family drama. It's, it's, it's what Shang needed. Again, like, yeah. This, this is a story about Shang-Chi and getting to know him and something that we never had. We were introducing family. We were introducing stakes. We are giving him, like, more personal relationships. We are also cementing those relationships that he has with the Avengers. And it's adding new layers to it now because we can have a Civil War three or something, and it might be like Shang-Chi versus Iron Man because everybody always fights yeah. Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And so, you know, I, I, I'm still enjoying the story. Dr. Ruin's art is really good. It's really kinetic. He shows movement and action very well. Um, the face acting's nicely done. Marcus Toe is actually going to be joining the book soon. Um, I think, like, starting in February, I want to say. That was announced recently. Cool. So it's like a enjoy. But I know Dyke's still doing some of the covers. So it's like, okay, that would be a nice little dynamic. Um, definitely a 3.5 out of 5. Serious for me. Okay. I think, again, people should pick it up. Especially if you like the movie. Yeah. You know some of those people. Sister Dagger's in it. She's got her bob. The bob is weaving. Oh, I'm, I'm actually going to have to go ahead and get that. Because I have I watched Shang-Chi again uh, this past Shang-Chi. This get, again this past weekend. And um, she gives. <laughs> She's Ms. the one. Little <laughs> bob. We love it. We love it. It's time. All right, and last up on the list for this week is a sword number 10, and that comes from Al Ewing and the art head Jacopo Kamangi on it. Now, how do you feel about this issue? <laughs> you know, uh, sword is clicking down for me. Oh, really? And it's been clicking down <laughs> probably since, like, the gala. It's been. Why do you, why is it clicking down for you? It's completely kind of changed and come away from like what I thought we were kind of be getting from this from those first couple issues where they was really breaking down these like departments of sword mm-hmm. and um we were gonna be getting like these mission statements that they were going on. They we saw the first one they were going to the the white hot room and that's how we got the Mysterium and um sure that we were getting hints of there being like a mole or whatever, but 
I was still on the assumption that it would be more we're deciding what we're doing yeah. with sword versus it being about storm and the and like Araco and Wiz Kid being a traitor, a double crossing traitor for some reason. I don't know. I will so, say, I will say I did like this issue for Wizkid. Like as, as like a character focus. Oh yeah. Wizkid yeah. Issue. Like I thought it was really well done. I thought we got into his mindset uh very nicely. I enjoyed I thought the, the beginning part of the where we saw him like with his rituals and everything, um, because mm-hmm. I know I don't know if he is autistic or if he is um if he's just disabled from like with his legs. But mm-hmm. um I liked that there was showing how he is like there's a ritual for him every day that he does and getting really getting yeah. into the side of like the mind of someone who's a genius yeah very much so and i also enjoyed you know the spoiler alert that he's kind of like playing the triple agent status we saw at the end of last issue that he's the traitor come to find out he's actually still working with brand to like do everything that they need to do to get into the orcus so now we don't have to put him down keenan <laughs> i told you <laughs> I, I said if he's good, he's good. <laughs> yeah. but, so you would made the old yellow room just because of I told you he might be a triple agent. Well, now we know. <laughs> <laughs> we had to do the work. We had to do the work. We had to wait and see. Now yeah. we've seen. Okay, he can get his. He can. He can stay. Uh, but I thought that was really well done. I will say I. I do wish the Storm Morocco stuff was kind of happening in a different book. I feel as though the two shifts are feeling a little bit more jarring, only because we're not really seeing anything of Morocco anymore, but Storm fighting. And it's like... (laughs) Right. (laughs) We can see see that anywhere. If you're you're not really going to get into, like, the depths and, like, continue to get into the Morocco mutants and, like, their rituals and what they do and how they got to be the way they were, then it's like, we don't need to see it. If it's just going to be every other issue of storm in their great ring fighting for her life fighting for her respect at some point in time somebody gotta say all right we're tired you got or even just storm is the region like girl you got some work to do i'm sorry <laughs> yeah so yeah. in that regard i do agree i would like them to be separate i just need a little bit more sword and less random like i don't know storm fighting and I, At least she I, wish that, I wish I got more space exploration stuff. No, 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 uh, no knives this go around. This is true. No knives this time. That's that was nice to see. I will say that, like, that's another thing I will say that, like, I like Storm as the regent of soul. And but I would rather see her go be the regent than just see her be like having a fight. You know, yeah. I would rather go see like what are the decisions that she has to make as the regent of soul. And like, what does that mean for her? Agree. No, I fully agree with that. I mean, but I think Sword is another one of the books that's ending next month. I yeah. Think. It, so it was it was kind of time to be honest. I went back and read some of this, and it was it didn't have a lot of like focus or direction. Even mm-hmm. keep in going with something, it needs like a new relaunch to kind of like kind of I mean, shift think, its focus again. I think that's the thing for a lot of the X books right now. Honestly, like just to be fair this is a safe space i think that a lot of things kind of feel like they're just chugging along to the end because they are ending and now we're kind of just playing a waiting game of the relaunch and everything that's going to get announced which i love wolverine 
So I'm excited for the Wolverine event to like kind of get a little bit more into him, but at the same time, it's also like, okay, what else are we gonna do? Mm-hmm. I'm just, but I also feel like this is kind of something that we kind of keep running into with the Xbox, like these little moments that feel like, oh, even that last interview that Hickman did when he was talking about he was leaving, he said they noticed in the office how the books kind of felt like they were just wading through the water at some point. It's like, what's going on? <laughs> Yeah, it seemed it's in that interview it really seemed like he was the anchor to a lot of stuff mm. and they would write a, they would write around whatever his stories were doing and like what he was doing with Krakoa and when he wasn't he doing something and it was just ex right and he was writing less then they were just kind of waiting around until his next <laughs> like thing that was going to jump off. I don't know. We'll see. I I am still excited to see how the book ends. How all the books end, actually. Um, and yeah. I'm sure I'll be excited for the eventual relaunch. I think I'm just ready to get there now. Mm-hmm. But that's that. What would you rate this issue? Honestly, I would give this issue a a three out of five. Somewhere okay. around there. Honestly, like maybe even a little lower. Like a 2.8. <laughs> <laughs> I like the the art I like the characterization for a whiz kid and getting into his head but again it just feels like we're just kind of wading through all this yeah yeah well and if if we're gonna wait until the relaunch I would rather you kind of fill it with more sword stuff that's fair I agree I give it a three thought it was a fine issue. I thought it was solid. Again, I think I'm giving a lot of Xbox leeway because I know we are getting to that ending point at this point. I'm just ready to see what's next. You think they're going to launch with like a big event or something? Or like a big... Like after X Lives Wolverine? Wow, I guess yes. I was thinking before that because like it seems like all the books are ending and then what? They don't, don't have anything until after... X-Lives. So a couple of them, a couple of them are still going. So New Mutants is still going to be going on. Um, X Men is still going on. There's the X Lives, Death Wolverines, that X Men Legends book where they like let all oh, yeah. creators come back and tell their stories again. That mm-hmm. one's still happening. And my dad's been reading that. <laughs> that sounds great. Right. They said they got the they got their audience. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Um. I think those are the only books that are still going to be going. Mm. Everything else is gone. Excalibur's gone. Mirage is gone. Sword is gone. X-Force might still be going. I don't know. I haven't seen any solicitations for it, but I honestly don't look for them. Do you think the X-Line is too big? No. Because looking back, I feel like this is the largest the line has ever been. And there are errors. errors. (laughs) There are eras that were great for the X-Men. But there were only two books, so there weren't, mm-hmm. like, a lot of discrepancies between them because it was you only had mm-hmm. the two issues. Whereas no. now there are, like, 12. I I personally am never going to be of the mind that there's too many books for any line because I think once you have that variety, it gives a better chance for people to pick what they read. I know sometimes a lot of folks will be like, oh, there are too many books, but you also got to think most of those things aren't to your liking. I think about you. You're not going to read an Excalibur <laughs> relaunch that is full of magic because you, quote unquote, don't like magic stories. So that was shade. Like... I, I picked up on the quote unquote. 
So, you know, we don't belong. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's like, it's not to say that you might not try something out, right. but I know if I it just like. doesn't, if, if you don't like it, I don't think you'll appeal to it. But again, that's why I always recommend and I highly, you know, champion for things like Marvel Unlimited and stuff like that, because there is a way to still kind of read those stories later on that, you know, you might not be popping at the time. If something were to come out about, I don't know. Who's the character I don't like? If there was like a Jean Grey miniseries released right now, and Another they were like, exactly. I'm not going to read it as it comes out, but as a person who likes comic books and likes to discuss them, I like to be a little bit knowledgeable about what I'm talking about, so I'm going to be like, oh, okay, later on in life, I'll probably go back and read this Jean story, but it's like not something I want to buy myself. Right, right. I'm going to spend the point on that. No, right. Never. I don't know if I would at this point either, but but, <laughs> um, but yeah, I always wondered if this was like too many books for them right now. If they like, what happens if they if they decided to slim the line down I and went it, back I mean, to like uncanny X Men? I think it would be fine either way. I think whether they slim the line down or they keep it big, like I think the line will be consistent. I, again. I feel it's all determined by who's writing the books. Because I think about yeah. the Messiah Complex era. There were kind of a lot of books during that time, too. There were. Yeah, yeah. But everything was hot. It was, it was hot. <laughs> yeah, it was hot. It was good. You know what I'm saying? So it's like we didn't really mind it as much. Because, I mean, I guess your wallet minds it a little bit more. But <laughs> it's like, uh, again, it's quality. You don't mind paying for it. Now, it's if the line's big and you don't like everything, I, I personally... Just say don't buy it. Yeah. That's me. But that's the comics okay. of the week. Let's go ahead. Let's take a little break and then we'll come back for our panel. Let's do it. Welcome back to the panel section of another relaunch. And this week we are going to be doing like a little character close up on Kate Bishop Hawkeye. Now, mm-hmm. this, won't be, this won't be super long. Um, I just wanted to take like a little bit of time to kind of get into Kate. She's got the new show coming up. Um, you know, she's got a spotlight on her. Haley Steinfeld will be playing her in the Hawkeye show along with um, Jeremy Renner as Clint Barton. And yeah, I wanted to just talk about. You know, Hawkeye, honestly, I feel like, in my opinion, Kate kind of put the name back on the map <laughs> because oh, uh, sure. I feel like not too many people were very into Hawkeye. He kind of got it just as bad as they were giving it to like an Aquaman as far as like, oh, you're like the joke of the team. Like, what can you really do? Um, and they would try to do some things with him being cooler. You know, his time is Ronin and... Um, you know, there was also in, I forget what story, was it Civil War Two when he killed the Hulk? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I feel like he is always kind of like selling the name, whereas Kate, I feel like, has pretty much become the Hawkeye, Hawkeye. people. Like, yeah, she's, she's Hawkeye. Um, a pretty great, like, transition of a character, in my opinion. Def- they've definitely done the legacy aspect of her character right with with Hawkeye and I, Kate. 
Yeah, I think Kate's a really good example of a legacy character who has not only been pushed, but one that's going to stick. I think I would like tweeted before about how if your character was created between like 1962 to like 19, I want to say 93 or something like that, they're going to be around forever. And, you know, because comic books are kind of like, you know, everybody dies, <laughs> but they always come right. back. Like there, there are certain ones who just have a history with the company. And then they stuck. Whereas when they tried to introduce a lot of newer characters, wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute, didn't the Fantastic Four come out in 1961? <laughs> <Did> <laughs> you know what? <laughs> um, anyway, no. when they try, when you think about a lot of newer characters that were introduced, like, within the last two decades or so, not everybody sticks. Like, how many 90s characters from, like, 96 on that we see that just, like, would not pop off? But honestly, I would say that I think Laura X-23 was the turning point. I think there's been, like, a newer generation of heroes from her to Kamala to Miles to Kate Bishop who have made their mark and they're going to be around forever and they're kind of like staples of their companies now and i think yeah. that that's really interesting to see because kate bishop honestly was not the one who i expected to be that who did you think was going to be like kind of the one to do that really transition that into remember when marvel did that whole like legacies thing where they were really trying to like establish who was down. the yeah uh, i didn't think it was going to be any of the young avengers honestly i thought i thought they yeah. were like pretty characters but i thought they were always going to be in this like mix and I, I will say most of the young avengers have done pretty well for themselves in terms of like kind of branching out and going into their own solo mix sorry patriot you are the exception to the rule um yeah he got but, caught up in some legal traumas very sad but you know i think kate has gone to another level where like she's had her own solo book multiple times like you said she's about to be mm-hmm. a really big of this show uh, she got to be in the Avengers game. Like, people know who Kate Bishop is now. And I think that, like, she yeah. really put the Hawkeye name back on the map, like you said. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, she it was not doing too hot uh, before they really kind of reintroduced Kate Bishop. And um, Kate was first introduced in Young Avengers number one in uh, 2005. So she's actually kind of fairly, like, a younger yeah. character. I guess. Yeah, yeah, she's pretty new. Um and wow, she's really pretty new, and <laughs> that's that's wild for her to have had like such a big rise like this to now be starring on in an MCU TV series um, with Haley Steinfeld. And uh, so she was first introduced in Young Avengers number one um, in 2005 by uh, Alan Heinberg and Jim Chang. And um, I was a fan of the Young Avengers that first volume. I'm not gonna lie to y'all. It's not a fan of volume two. <laughs> that was, that's when it clicked down. <laughs> clicked down hard. They were both good. Mm. <laughs> that boy was in it doing a lot. And I, I was not feeling volume two. He was saving the universe like he should have been. Like it was his destiny. <laughs> well, this isn't about her best friend, you know. It is. We'll keep, we'll keep it cute because Hawkeye and Wiccan are best friends, so... They are. They and, and so again, I think that's a testament to both of their powers. They are kind of like the stars of the Young Avengers. They've really gone out. They really are, yeah. And like they get the stuff that they need. Hulkling tags along with Wiccan, unfortunately, but you know they pretty frequently put well, them back together. It's the other way around. It's never the other way around. 
It's always looking like he's trying to run after that man. <laughs> it's never been the other way around. Let's start. His consoles. <laughs> they always manage to bring Kate and Wiccan back together some way. So I really like that yeah. feature. Ooh, you know, that also makes me think about the multiverse of madness and, you know, how Wanda's going to get her kids. Are mm-hmm. they going to bring Wiccan back older? Am I going to get my little friendship? You might. I've always assumed that they would have to somehow age them up again mm-hmm. if they were going to be. They're obviously building towards some kind of Young Avengers team up. Mm-hmm. Honestly, though, I think it's going to be. In live action, I think it's going to be like a mix of Young Avengers and the Champions and stuff. Like, I don't think they're going to have. Mm. I don't see. I don't see them having like a bunch of different like young groups. I think they probably just going to put them all really? together. I yeah, think they'll. I, I think they'll have the Young Avengers on one end, and then they'll let Kamala. Or honestly, they might just like just throw Kamala on the Young Avengers. See, <laughs> you know, with her Green Lantern powers. Let's not talk about that. That's <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> um, but Kate is um, she started off in the Young Avengers number one. She was um, at a wedding and the Young Avengers were <laughs> there to stop some bad guys that were kind of taking over the wedding and they were flops and fumbling and she decided to jump in and help them. That kind of really established her as like being her own hero. Um, after that, she put on the Hawkeye mask and a Mockingbird like belt uh, because they were all at the Avengers uh, compound, the Avengers mansion, and they needed some weapons and stuff. She kind of was gravitated towards the Hawkeye stuff, and she pre- became the new Hawkeye. Um, eventually, she ended up meeting Clint, and like they did the whole thing of them being cool with each other. Um, she was with the Young Avengers basically a leading member. I don't know. Was she basically the leader of the Young Avengers? Would you call her like the... No. Did they have a leader? I think technically it should have. It was supposed to be Patriot in the first volume. Oh, yeah, right. It was supposed to be Iron Lad at first. Oh, right, because he, like he was the one the that leader, was like getting the body together. together. Then it kind of went to uh, Patriot de facto, though I would say Kate would give him a lot of back and forth. Yeah. I feel like she's more of like a general of the team. Okay. Yeah. Where if the leader is gone, she kind of takes the cake. I don't that second volume though, I don't really think they had a leader. No, they didn't. It was a mess. It was kind of wicked. That's why I clicked down. <laughs> he's such a leader. A superhero. This is, he's led so many teams. He's good. Um but you uh yeah, no, no, no. She, I don't, I don't consider her a leader type of character. Okay. Yeah, she's fun. Anyway, and they're usually the one that they look at when it's time to like be the leader yeah. in those kind of situations. Um, so after she was with the Young Avengers for a while, they pretty much have been where she was outside of um finally kind of t- taking herself out of that. Which it's wild how these characters do have to like leave the like teen group. <laughs> in order yeah. to really establish themselves as something. Like you just said, with Wiccan, like, now his 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 man might be, like, a detriment or whatever, but, like, that kind of pulls him away from just being stuck with the Young Avengers and always yeah. having to be back there. Otherwise, she could have... Hawkeye, I mean, Hawkeye, she didn't have Clint. She could have mm-hmm. probably also been something kind of stuck there. But she also left the Young Avengers, uh, did some solo stuff, um, 
she was in the Hawkeye run, which was a really, really great run, in my opinion, uh, that they're pretty much basing the whole <laughs> TV series TV after. Um, I hope they pay in Matt Fraction and David Aha for that. Um, and um, after that, she ends up having her own solo series. They move her out to the West Coast. Um, this was... She moved out there with the West Coast while she was in the solo with Hawkeye, and then that kind of fell through, went back to New York, and then Kelly Thompson had a solo Hawkeye series, which I do recommend to everyone. It was pretty good, and she moved her out with Maybe, you know what? Kelly really liked to move the girls to the West Coast. She does. <laughs> she says she lives on the West Coast, doesn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She knows. <laughs> I get it. It doesn't get cold. I mean, hey, any place that doesn't get cold is all right with me. It does not. And I feel like that's just when you when it's time to give the character like a fresh start, just move him yeah. out west. Um, I remember there was a Daredevil run that moved him out west, but I don't know if the fans liked that. I didn't read it. It was all right. It was fine. Honestly, I think a lot of superheroes that I enjoy when they have moved out west, their stories have been good. The only time I'll say I didn't like it was when Bendis did it with Moon Knight. But that was more so mm-hmm. not because of him moving him out west, but like other things he did with the character and his DID and his personalities. He saw himself as Captain America, Wolverine, and Spider-Man, and he started using oh. him. Yeah, like, it was weird. But the stuff he was having Mark do on the West Coast, he had started, like, his own production company, had TV shows going on. Oh, cool. Yeah, he was hanging out with Echo. That was all dope stuff. But Oh, ooh. Is that a relationship? It was for a little bit. Do we wake that back up? I like that way more than Tigra. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. Do you remember um, in Echo's... The the Marvel Voices, Indigenous Voices story. Like, when she was fighting, she had text messages from all the guys, and one of them was Moon Knight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they had a little thing. She got fridge because she died, but she came back. So it's okay, right. That was Secret Invasion? No, well, this is after that, actually. Okay. But you, that did happen in Secret Invasion also. I, let's wake that back up. I'd like to think that I would like that as a couple. Right, right. Um... um but back to Miss Kate Bishop, um, she moved out west and opened her own like private investigation service out there because like sometimes fathers do when you get older, she got cut off and <laughs> her dad was no longer supporting her. She had to do her own thing out there. Um, so definitely recommend that Kelly Thompson series. Um, then after that, the gang back got back together for the, you know, volume two of. Uh, mm. Oh, that was after Avengers. that? Or was it after? I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I've never, I've read like bits and pieces of the Kate Bishop solos. I like Kate. She's cool. But I don't know. I've never been able to fully get into her, into a character enough to like read the entire series. You know, Kate is a character for, in my opinion, that like, like you just said, I've never really, really been into her, which is interesting because if, if I were in like the Dungeons and Dragons era, I feel like I'd be an archer. I feel like that's okay. my vibe. Um, so I, I always have say, archer or like some kind of two like daggers when they get too close. I'm, so I'm definitely two daggers. I'm mm-hmm. definitely like a double-handed weapon person. Um, I always say that like I love an archer and I think they're cool. But then once I start thinking about it, like I don't want to use a bow and arrow. Right, it's a lot. <laughs> you gotta reload every time, and it can be a lot. And it's just like, but the, per- no, the, the person that's in the back shooting stuff—that's that's what I want to do. No, I'm very hands-to-hands, up-close, personable, <laughs> like, let's do this. 
But I want to have something in case if they get close to me, I can maybe handle myself. But like, I'm cool sitting in the back, firing some shit off. I'm running up. Boo, 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 boo. Do, you, do you remember? <laughs> do you remember in Age of X Men, um, the event that was going? No, this was when it was Uncanny X Men Disassembled, and they were fighting X Men, and like Betsy just runs up, and she's like, yes. "Enough of this!" <laughs> <laughs> and like X Men, like that would be me. <laughs> just like I don't got time. Like, let's <laughs> yes, and you know who was there? Lorna in the back, just shooting shit off. <laughs> yeah, you know, but that's it makes. Um, but so, like, that's my thing when I think about with Kate. And, the, and I'm not even honestly going to say Archers in general, because I feel like I do like some Archers. I think about um, Green Arrow, Speedy over there, yeah. Mia, specifically. Like, I really I enjoy them. So I know those types can be interesting, and they can do a lot. I think my thing with Kate is that... I don't know. I don't know. I am excited for Haley Steinfeld. She's... Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't. Do you think that might wake up like your interest in her if you see her I more in live action? I th- no, because I think comic book Kate is just a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. She sometimes cool. she feels a little too supporting character for me. Maybe that that makes sense. Like and and I and I think that's just because she's always been supported. She's always been presented that way as like. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's what the, it is when like I think the, her solo the dope character. supporting character. I'm sorry, her solo books. I don't really think about wanting to read Kate by herself. Mm-hmm. Like I'll read her with Clint. Sure, their interactions can be fun. I'll read her with Wiccan, of course. I like Wiccan, and like she's a good friend to him. Um, I'd read her in a teen book so she can be there and be like the spunky, cool girl, whatever. But on her own, you care too much about her life there. She had some incidences before that they haven't really shown like exactly what happened, but like she was attacked when she was younger, and that kind of helped her, like pushed her to, um, like learn martial arts. And it, there was also like I think another annual, I think it was a young, it was a Hawkeye annual showing that she was rescued once as a kid by the Avengers, and that kind of like inspired her to like the Avengers and want to be a superhero and like Hawkeye and everything. Um, so there's stuff there that you can kind of pull from for her. Um, mm-hmm. They just need to do more. Personally, mm-hmm. they had never really revealed her dad for, I think they'd reveal him later, but I always wanted her to be like Asian and like uh, mm-hmm. give her like a, of an ethnicity behind her. I heard a lot of people Maybe. say that before actually, or they've like tried to kind of say that she might be a person of color of some sort. Yeah. Um, and this isn't a situation where you know where everybody's trying to make a somebody a person of color just because they don't want to like like a white man or like a white character, but yeah. but <laughs> I, <laughs> I truly thought that like oh she should she was gonna be an Asian character. Mm, we'll see. I think um, Haley might do it actually. Now that I think about it, mm. she'll, no, her, she'll just, it was it was kind of she. I like the MCU version of her. I'm sure. See, I feel like that happens a lot for these characters. I and, see and that those a lot. Are, and those Heart are very pitch. distinct differences. Those can be very distinct differences because even like I think about an MCU. I mean, MCU Clint versus the comic book Clint. I don't mind comic book Clint that much. He's I don't know. He's kind of weird also. Like that whole time when he killed Bruce, that was like awkward. That was weird. And I never would. I never liked the way that he treated Mockingbird when Agreed, she, also. during that West Coast Avengers thing, and she talked about how like oh this man like 
raped me or like tried to attack me. And mm-hmm. he was like, well, let's hear him out. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like them together. And I like my I like Mockingbird a lot. She's a Gemini. <laughs> She's dope. I do like her. She's cool. She um, you know, she put on for the feminist um with doing her solo series a few years back. So shout out she to her. Did. I would um, actually like to see her and Kate together a little bit more. Maybe that's maybe that's Oh, what that would be hot. Because I think about even when Kate first uh, showed up on the scene in Young Avengers, she wasn't just using Hawkeye's arrows. She was using Mockingbird's stabs as well. And I remember that was the joke mm-hmm. that kept calling her Hawkingbird. And so it was like, I think maybe that's kind of something that I would like to see Kate do. And that could wake up a little bit more interest in her for me is to finally see her interacting like on the other spectrum. Like, we know how you always claim. Mm. We know your relationship. Here's someone else who you also kind of based yourself off a little bit in the beginning because you put on that mask as well. And you had your son. You did. So let's see what that sign is like. You know what? That would actually be really, really interesting for her because it would connect her to more women in the Marvel universe. And um, a great little story you could do is just say, you know, she wants to do more like, I don't know, hand-to-hand training or something or like some more spy tactics or something that Mockingbird could kind of teach her and they can do get closer that way or something and kind of give her more fighting skills and just more stuff outside of just being connected to Clint. Exactly. And I think that's kind of what I also feel like with her now is that I think I'm just tired of her and Clint. Mm-hmm. She's kind of outgrown him now. Like she doesn't exactly. She doesn't really need to. She doesn't need that anchor anymore to like, you know, tie her to to the universe anymore. She's really. And really I get why people now. love it. You know, it's one mm-hmm. of those like really classic dynamics it feels very much like a wolverine jubilee type of situation where they yeah. just really play well off of each other they get along but at the same time even jubilee had to go and do her own thing for a little while and while yes yeah. kate has had her own s- stories it still always kind of feels like the shadow of clint is looming over her somehow mm-hmm. and it's like eventually they put them back together let's just push that out yeah we keep relaunching these characters. I hope they listen in. <laughs> you know. That was a freebie um, too. I let them have it. <laughs> I would I would like to see, you know, uh her do some more stuff. Maybe she could even try to establish like a bigger Young Avengers like Academy or something. I don't know. I would like to do her mm. something bigger with either more teen characters, you know, something mm. like that. Or the, like the bigger Marvel universe instead of just being tied to Clint. Has she, um, she's been in like, oh, I was, I was about to ask that she'd been in any big relationship, but I guess she was dating Novar during that second Young Avengers run. She had a thing with Patriot. She had a thing with, um, what's his name? Fuse? Oh, yeah. Fuse, yeah. And the, the West Coast Avengers. Mm-hmm. Uh, him. I don't know. She, I don't know what she needs. Maybe the story needs to get a little dark. You know, that always helps sometimes. Sometimes, which is like I'm saying, something should happen to her bow or something. Like, she just can't use it no more, and she needs to just go learn how to fight. Somebody breaks her fingers. Damn, that's so bad. That's so bad. (laughs) (laughs) That's how it happens. I mean, but hey, seeing her fight back would be... Yeah, and that's why she goes to Mockingbird, because she's like, oh, this person broke my fingers. Mm Mm-hmm. Clint sucks. I need somebody who really got the hands. Can you teach me? That's where you could bring up, hey, let's not forget, I actually put on your belt like when I first Period. did this. Period. And then I got to change her name. She can, she can still be Hawkeye, you know, oh, if y'all want to keep the title. 
Do you just um, also do you like the the mask sunglasses thing she does? The sunglasses thing is cute. I think that's fine. I don't really like the um the mask thing. I just think the sunglasses are cute. Okay, I like the mask. Do you like, the, like, do you like um? Do you like her little hip circles on that one costume? Oh no, I do not. <laughs> I do not understand. I don't understand them. I don't like them. I no. I don't. Yeah, I, I see. There, there's an inspiration from. I can't remember the woman's name right now. Um, of where she was inspired by, but she was actually in the original like Avengers movie from. Mm-hmm. Uh, some like a, a a British production, and her look was inspired by that. Oh. She also had the same kind of like hip circles. No, I do not enjoy the hip circles. But now that I think about it, I don't really think I've enjoyed too many of Kate Bishop's costumes outside of that one she wore during the first volume of Young Avengers. I'm about to look up some right now. You know her costumes. They're typically just like. Uh, One Piece, right? A leotard of some sort? A leotard of some sort. I'm not gonna lie, I do like the... I do like the, um... Like the -the off-the-shoulder asymmetrical kind of thing. I typed in Kate Bishop costumes and it's just a bunch of MCU outfits. (laughs) (laughs) Already. Isn't that that wild now that we live in a world where you can't search up a character in costume and not see MCU stuff? It's sick. It's absolutely sick. Okay. You said the one with the asymmetrical so- shoulder? Yeah, I think that's how. That I was think. during volume two. I do like this one. This one's nice. And her little energy bow is nice as well. I did like that. That kind of... When the, when archers have, you know, bows that are energy powered, obviously I'm going to love it. But, yeah. like, I also just love the practicality of it. Like, you don't got to reload. Just aim. These, these hip circles are not good. <laughs> I don't... No. <laughs> It's just not good. And then, yeah. because it doesn't make sense. Why are they so low? So it's like her ass out. And also, like, girl, it just look like you're not wearing no panties. <laughs> <laughs> she ain't got no panties on. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, yeah. Asymmetrical shoulder for the win mm-hmm. in volume two with no hip holes. And that's that. We could, throw on, we could throw on the sunglasses just to be cute. Keep the sunglasses for sure. That's her little thing. Maybe Hello. bring back her white scarf. Oh. As an adornment. Give the girl something to drink. Now, you so, are a bar fan. Did you like the two of them together? A who? Novar, ain't that his name? No, oh uh, yes. Um, it was it was a fling. Marvel boy. Oh, it was just a it fling. It was a fling. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. We're over it. Big kids. So he. I mean, he obviously didn't like her that much since he was going back to his ex. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. They always end up doing that, don't they? T. <laughs> <laughs> brings us to the end of this. I just wanted to have a quick chat about Kate Bishop. Definitely let us know if you guys are excited to see her in the MCU um, next week when the uh, show premieres. Or I think it was the 26th or something. And uh, also, like, let us know if you have any ideas for Kate Bishop and what comics you read of her. 
um, yeah, so let's take a break and then we'll come right back. I will also say, you know, I know I said earlier that I didn't really get Kate Bishop. Mm-hmm. I was thinking back on the reread of this, Hawkeye Run, and this kind of like endeared me to her a little bit. Right. Yeah. I will say that the first six issues did that. But to my point, I think it was because she was still kind of at the start of her career. And this was the first time we were seeing her and Clint together. So it all made sense. I think now Mm -hmm. where she is and where her character is, she doesn't really work with him anymore. And so like when they're together, it's kind of like, okay, been there, done that. She's out of her. Yeah. But yeah, this was just, this this was the start of her springboard as Hawkeye really. Exactly. But um, welcome back everybody. As you can see, we are <laughs> discussing our reread of the week. We did the first six issues of the Matt Fraction and David uh, Hawkeye series, which is uh, super. It's a, it won an Eisner, didn't it? I believe so. Yes. Um, and like, obviously think, now about to be a TV show. <laughs> I was about to say, and now it's being adapted into the Hawkeye t- uh, Net- Disney Plus series that is starting next yeah. week. And I, I gotta say, I, I I understand it. Right? Yeah. It it's. You read this and you realize why this was as popular as it was when it was coming out, mm-hmm. and um, just how it really like redid the entire like Hawkeye character in that corner. You know, there are mm-hmm. there are a lot of runs where a writer will like pick a random character and just mm-hmm. really like invest in like changing them and like pushing them into something better. And yeah. I would say this is this is one of those. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, so, you know, I I'm, I'm, was never the biggest Hawkeye fan, so I didn't know too much about his stories beforehand, but I kind of always saw him as, like, the asshole character of the team. He was a little loud, a little mm-hmm. obnoxious. Nobody really got him. I especially think of times of when I would see him post House of M and, like, how he was acting then. It was like, you're kind of a jerk. And I think this he one, is annoying. <laughs> this Hawkeye <laughs> run really kind of turned that on its head. And while he was still a little bit obnoxious and he was still um, a little bit of a jerk at times, he was dumb. He's the himbo. Yeah. So it was like yeah. <laughs> you know, he's the himbo archetype. So it was a little bit more uh, palatable and like endearing to him to see him kind of get in these hijinks and say, oh, you know, he might not actually be that bad. He's just like really down on his luck, and you just kind of start he to feel really bad. He just really an average dude. <laughs> like, that's just him. And so you said, okay, cool, I can get to that, and then you find him like again, like David's art throughout this book is phenomenal. Yeah. He. He's one of my favorite artists. That's no mm-hmm. secret whatsoever. But his layouts here, the way he does the action scenes, and his his work has a kind of a retro pulp fiction type of vibe going to it. And so that really works in this Hawkeye setting. I think not. this doesn't happen in the first six issues, um, but it happens a little bit later. And I want to say like issue eight or nine, where he has all of his ex-girlfriends around. So it's Black Widow, Spider-Woman, <laughs> and Mockingbird. And they're all wearing... I definitely recommend everybody to continue to read the series because it actually was yeah. pretty good. So definitely uh, check out those issues too. Um, and he has them in like uh, streetwear versions of their outfits. And it's just like, they look good. Mm-hmm. They look straight off the pages of a pinup. But like, that's how every page in this book looks as you go through it. It's like, 
I can make any of these a poster, and I want it hanging up in my wall. Yeah, I re- I really like the way that his like action scenes kind of unfolded as they would go through because, you know, he is just shooting an arrow, and but it, mm-hmm. I think it's really cool when you stop and see the, like the, the points where the archer has to stop, take a breath really aim and do that kind of stuff and he really like highlights those moments which i think is really cool mm-hmm. and it shows that hawkeye is kind of good to have around <laughs> like <laughs> he's i mean he's gonna do what he, he's at least going to be you gotta give it to him because he's at least going to be the best at what he can do you know mm-hmm. <laughs> he's and, like, gonna... he gets himself out of a lot of predicaments here like he he's easily he's quick Yes. I will say though that they they really emphasize that he is a regular person because he gets yeah. knocked out a lot all the time. <laughs> bro, 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 bro. By all <laughs> the guys, they like constantly knock him out. He's constantly unconscious. I think that's actually like one of the jokes in the issue where he's fighting with some of the other Avengers, Spider-Man and Wolverine to be exact. And he like falls and he gets knocked unconscious, but when he wakes up, like the battle's over. They've already done everything. And he's right. just like, and he's like, did I miss Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> just like, dang. Um, I really did like the way that they introduced, I know we were just talking about it a little bit earlier, but I really did like the way they introduced Kate to Clint and how mm-hmm. he, after that, like, first little mich- meeting they have and go on a mission together, he calls her back and he's like, I want you to help me. Like, I need you to help yeah. me. And I thought that was, like, something that was really good for them. And, I, like, it's been a foundation of their friendship. I think, again, Clint has kind of been portrayed as this character who's a bit of an asshole. He can be a bit of a loner. He pushes people away. This was the first time that he was really reaching out to somebody else and to be like, mm-hmm. I need help. I need you to help me. And she's one of the few people that he's very vulnerable with, which is very nice to see because, again, you didn't see it that often before. Yeah. I also really like the way that they, that Matt Fraction really set up their relationship because it was less of her taking care of him, mm-hmm. you know, and, and being his mother and like nurturing him and being um, very like stereotypical what the woman should do while she's around him or something. And yeah. she really like would call him out on his shit whenever he needed mm-hmm. to be called out on, told him how like, you know, you're, you always run away. It's why it's like one of the few things that sucks about you. I was like, oh, okay, wow. <laughs> and it's like it works because she, she, like, she's this young girl. She's gonna say mm-hmm. what's on her mind. You know what I'm saying? Especially for this name that she is now carrying. You're supposed to be the one who held it first, and you're she's supposed to be living up to this quote unquote legacy of yours. But it's like, look at the legacy. <laughs> she got to do a hell lot of heavy lifting to change you know? it. <laughs> so it's like, no, it's like, get up. Like, if you want to be this guy, this hero that you say, like, you think you're great, like, do it. So I really appreciate that. I also love the inclusion of Lucky the Pizza Dog. Shout out to him and his soon to be MCU debut. And I also really enjoyed, like, how one of the early issues was building on that bond that him and the dog has. And how he, like, mm-hmm. saves them and all that stuff. And he's, like, fighting the goons, but he gets hit by the car. He's like, why would you attack a dog? And then the, the guy's like, I don't, this isn't mine. And he's like, his name's Arrow. He's like, I think of something different. Which, when I first, when I read it, I was like, oh, that's messed up. But that was cute. <laughs> I thought that was cute. I thought that was really cute. <laughs> it's like, no. Because I, I, I believe at the time that they were, like, polling fans to ask what the dog should be named or something. Mm-hmm. And, of course, people were like, oh, should it be named Arrow? And it's like... No, <laughs> that's a little too that's corny, y'all. That's not interesting. That. Uh, but yeah. really good run. Did you, I would say, did you read a lot of Hawkeye after this? 
No, I did not. Well, let me actually take that back. I read more Kate Bishop after this, so that's my Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. I will okay. say back in the day when I was reading, when this was coming out, I did read some of it. Um, actually, one of my best friends bought me the, um, he knew I was going to Comic-Con, so he just like mm-hmm. went to the comic book store and was like, what's hot right now? <laughs> and um, <laughs> he got me the, this Hawkeye, uh, it was volume one, issues okay. one through ten. And I got to take it to Comic-Con, and Matt Fraction signed it. Oh, wow. Um, That's really cool. And, and the, ways, the, the way I even was able to get it signed was I ran into Kelly Sue DeConnick, and she was like, oh, my gosh, you, Matt's over there. <laughs> go, go get it signed. I was like, oh, that's so cool. So, like, I, um, I did end up having a more of an affinity for Kate out of this because okay. she was obviously the thing that kind of I gravitated towards when I was reading this. So I would pick up some of her stuff. But Clint just never clicks for me. He was yeah, kind of there. And I was, because I, I was mainly going to ask, did you feel as though if you had read anything that the portrayal of Clint after this book kind of stayed consistent or did it mm-hmm. teeter? Like, I think about some characters that we've liked before and we kind of realize later in life, I don't necessarily like that character. I just like that specific portrayal of them. And I think that was how I was feeling with Clint. But I was like, I don't think I've read enough of Clint after this to really make an informed decision of that. The only other things I can remember are maybe... Civil War Two, mm. and no one was good in that. And then they were not. He had that Occupy Avengers book. I remember. I think David Walker wrote. Oh, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't read that. Yeah, I didn't read that either. So I don't. Know what that, <laughs> <was>. <laughs> that didn't sound like my jam. <laughs> um, but also, I think that's a very big testament to the series is that, like, although like this is obviously a very big thing for Clint Barton Hawkeye it truly did propel Kate Bishop Hawkeye. Yes, like, this put it, her this, on the map. <laughs> this is just as much her swan song as it is his. You know what I'm saying? And I, like, think that's super dope because she's consistently had book after book after book and, like, specials and minis and all this other stuff. And Clint's just kind of like, we had the Hawkeye. <laughs> <laughs> I had that one Hawkeye run and never let that go. And, you know, he'll always be an Avenger, so. That is true. He will. So um, I will say that I enjoyed this series for its inclusion of Madame Mask. I like her. Yes. I think she's fun. Yeah, she is hot. And, I love her. And can I just say, um, just as much as we're talking about David Aha's art, Javier Polito comes in and he does like the two issues for the tapes that feature Madame Mask, and he was an amazing mm-hmm. fill-in for this book as well. Like he really matched the style. I'm mean, not necessarily like the style, but like the mood and tone of the story. And I think some of his pages were super dynamic. Um, that's issue six, I want to say, where Madame Mask is, like, chasing after Hawkeye and Hawkeye, and she, like, shoots him with the tape on his chest, and, like, they're knocked that out like high, that. Yeah. Was, I was like, that yes. Was and then she, like, runs up, and the elevator's closing on Kate, staring, they staring each other down. That was some good stuff. Yeah, that was really cool. I, and, like, Mask telling her... Um, you know, I used to hate smoking, but right now I want to get a bunch of cigarettes and smoke. <laughs> I'll pay a thousand dollars for a pack of cigarettes and smoke them and mm-hmm. put all the ashes out on your face. Like, period. <laughs> That's my kind of girl. <laughs> okay. And she did not hesitate when they were running to shoot while they mm-hmm. were running. It wasn't like a, you okay. know, I'm going to wait or whatever. She was like, no, I'm going to kill them. <laughs> <She was> like, <laughs> ha, ha, ha. 
Exactly how it was. Um, needs to do a put a Katie got banned song over uh, like a Kate uh, Bishop. <laughs> I, I would honestly uh, be a little scared to do it. You know, you know, Twitter be taking the girls' accounts down because of those little fan cams. Don't lose your you can't, can't use the uh, can't use the audio, people. <laughs> Don't get copyrighted. Be, by be careful. Be careful. Um, but I did like her. Also, I also have a little bit of affinity for um, Madame Mask because her dad is Count Nefaria, who was like mm-hmm. who was a big villain uh, back in the day. He's got like really he's probably one of the most powerful characters over there. Um, mm-hmm. And he has his daughter, and she. Oh. Okay. In the, Did he in win? The Bendis, in the Bendis run. Oh. <laughs> he the, the Black Coast. Yeah, he fought him and killed Echo. It wasn't good. Mm. Yeah, I figured not. <laughs> but <laughs> I did like Count Nefaria, and I liked like, the Magi. Like, I liked that whole like you know crime underlord thing that they had going on. I wouldn't mind them kind of coming back and maybe just upgrading maybe their weapons or something and just boosting up more villains for the heroes to kind of fight. Counterfeit is powerful, and Whitney being, well, her name was like Gilietta Nefario, I think, and then she changed it to Whitney Frost. Um, so Whitney being a being like maybe the head of the Magi now with, with this stuff was really cool. I know that she ended up becoming not necessarily like Kate's like villain, you know what I mean? Like not her, not her Joker, but after this run where we see them having some friction with each other, and like she was like, "I'm going to kill that girl." <laughs> this actually ended up carrying on later, where Madame Mask and Kate Bishop would have like some. some oh, okay, yeah. that's cool. Which I enjoy. Which I enjoy. I like when stuff like that is kind of continued. You know, yeah. where it's like they had a little bit of friction before, and like slowly it builds up into like, no, we are now enemies. Mm, yeah, those are always really interesting, and it's it's like fun when the different writers continue to carry over. And again, I'm another person who really likes Madame Mask, so anything that brings her back, I'm here for. Mm-hmm. Um, I I will say that it is wild to witness like something that's so recent, I guess, as far as comics come out, because mm-hmm. this was out like fairly recently to be turned mm-hmm. into this show where they are literally adapting like stuff straight out of the pages. I remember an issue. Mm-hmm. I think it was issue two, either issue two or issue three. That entire car chase with that like '70s Challenger is it literally good. It. <laughs> the <a> show. Good. <laughs> like, like scene for scene, panel for panel. The only thing that I think they changed where they put um, Clint's the one driving the car, and mm-hmm. Kate is shooting the arrows in the MCU version. But in the comic, it was the other way around. But like yeah. it was really cool to see that they pretty much were like, oh, this worked in the comic. Let's just. From what I honestly, <laughs> and I think we've said it before, but from what I've seen, just about everything in this show seems like it's lifted directly from this comic book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like At page learning, page dialogue. You know? I mean, hey, that's the way to do it. Next thing they need to do is start getting the artists to do movie posters. T, because the posters, they're not. They I've, have not been giving. I was about to say, I've seen maybe like five good ones. Out of all of the movies, that they, were doing, they were doing a meme the other day on Twitter about and changing. They said, "Look at all the MCU movies. If they were done by whoever does the Spider-Man posters, <laughs> <laughs> and they would like just copy and paste like random little villains floating in the background because like Green Goblin is like floating off in the background on the posters and the Spider-Man uh, move for No Way Home." 
Um, mm-hmm. I thought that was really funny because the posters just they don't really hit like that. And you would think they would get better artists to do it. Same thing with like the writing. Why not get the people who write the book to at least help with the script? Well, not all the time. Not okay. Not where they're like you know writing it themselves. Just as like maybe a consultant thing. I saw some that of those stories are good. Or some I think some comic book stories they're good ideas that have been made movies. They're good ideas. But I don't necessarily need the person who wrote that story to consult anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm just saying. I can think of a I can think of a few situations um, <laughs> where that would apply. So I can agree. Um sometimes uh-huh. the writer don't need to really be Yeah. But this one on Hawkeye, yeah. <laughs> Like Matt Fraction and them should be should all be in the room because they deserve. For sure. I was trying to go grocery shopping last week and there was a bunch of like commotion and I and traffic. Little did I know it was the Hawkeye premiere that was happening. Um, oh wow! And, yeah, and I saw some pictures and stuff and Matt Fraction was showed up there with his kids mm-hmm. and stuff, which I thought was really cool. Um, of course, um, you had the stars of the show there, which was awesome. Um, I should have tried to go and watch the premiere, or whatever, but. It's not I in my <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um, so I think I'm pretty excited for the show, actually. Um, I think Echo in it looks really cool. There's a scene of her like kicking some ass, and um, I'm excited you to kind of watch. Saying it. that, but I don't think I've seen it yet. And I and I, I'm not going. Have lie. you not seen any of these clips? <laughs> I, must say, I, I haven't watched any of the clips. So my thing is like I've, I've gotten to a point where. I try not to watch any of the clips any or anything like that. Fair. Like I watched the first teaser trailer, I watched the first big trailer, and then after that I won't look at anything else because I just kind of, I like I've gotten used to have being surprised a little bit again. Um, yeah. So Hawkeye being the character that he is never really made me jump anyway. So I haven't been pressed to see any of the clips that have happened. I think I ever watched the first trailer, maybe like that second one where they did like it was more Christmas themed that you saw that a little mm-hmm. bit more. Um, but after that, I haven't seen anything. You know what? That's good then. Your experience with Echo will be completely with fresh eyes. You won't mm-hmm. even have any kind of like preconceived ideas of who she sh- how she's gonna be or whatever. Just yeah. go in fresh. I think and I know you're only going in for her. Echo and Yelena. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot Yelena was supposed to be in this. Damn. Echo, Yelena, and Kate. That's mm-hmm. kind of hot. The girls are saving this shit, this series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the girls are definitely saving it. Um, and I heard that Madame Mask might appear in this. Ooh, I'll be here I heard that, that she, might, she might appear in it, so I'll be definitely looking out for that. I think that would be dope. Um, can, can, fight to you? can who? Hey, Bishop, like physically fight. I feel like she's a great archer, but can she fight? Is Hawkeye supposed like, to be a fighter? I feel like she is athletic. Mm. She's a gymnast. I wouldn't give her all of that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see her. I don't see her flipping and shit and doing all that. I feel like. I feel like she flips a lot. Yes. Like they're constantly, isn't she like jumping? When they, when I see pictures or covers of her, she's always like jumping off something, shooting an arrow. Yes, jumping is different than actually flipping. 
jumping off of a car or jumping off of a roof, anybody could really do that. I don't really see her like, you know, back flip back flipping into a oh, back tuck no. <laughs> doing all of that. Not, not 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 that not that type of gymnastics. No, I meant just okay. like flipping off a beam. Maybe give oh, okay. me a little twirl. <laughs> yeah. Something but simple not, like that. Yeah. And I think she's athletic. But I wouldn't categorize her as a a fighter. Hawkeye? He was running. She can brawl. I mean, Clint? I mean, I guess he's also supposed to be one, but mm. I don't know, like, how far I would... Like, I wouldn't put him up there with, like, a Wolverine or an Iron Fist. Or oh, anything. absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not. But i put him with maybe, like, a... Mm. Mm. I figure just like after you, there's like a list in my opinion of like fighters. Mm. Once you get once you break like probably that top ten, top fifteen, mm-hmm. then it's just regular people. He down there. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I think I think I think he's supposed to. I think he's supposed to be skilled. Mm. Like somewhat. I don't know. He was getting beat up a lot in this round. A lot in this, yes. <laughs> he gets beat up a lot. So maybe not. Yeah. I don't know. Hawkeye fans, if you're out there, if you're listening, let us does know. Clint fight? Let, answer that fight? question for me. <laughs> and um, how did you feel about like the two of them sharing the the Hawkeye title? This seems to be like the first kind of time they really have really tried to do something like that in Marvel Comics, where there was a sharing of the name, and mm. it's like we're not even gonna call this one Lady Hawkeye or. You know, whatever. I, I don't mind. I don't mind the whole sharing of the title thing. I feel like a lot of people get really wrapped up in that with a lot of characters, whether it be like a Spider-Man, or a Hawkeye, or a Aquaman, Falcon, Aquaman, a Psylocke. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like if the characters are distinct enough, and kind of what they do in their roles is different enough, like whatever, go for it. It's a lot of. It's, mm-hmm. it's only with so many words. <laughs> exactly yeah. and it's only so many like cool code names it's just like just let the people be who they need to be if you're a fan of you know miles spider-man or peter spider-man you got your book if you mm. want to be clint hawkeye or kate hawkeye you got your book and their worlds are similar enough but still different enough that they can coexist yeah i agree um how did you feel about this entire like tape a story that they were seeing in these first six issues. So the the tape happens to be a shield mm-hmm. uh, tape that they got out that where we've learned in the beginning that Hawkeye killed someone, and mm-hmm. um, like you can't let that out because the Avengers would know and Shield would know that he like killed someone intentionally. Mm-hmm. Um, and we go through all those hijinks later to find out that there were just multiple copies of this tape, and actually Navy Seals were the ones who uh, killed this person, and they're just trying to. Clint decided to participate in this ruse because he wanted to just help this family. Mm-hmm. Um, which I thought was a very interesting kind of story. What did you think? I liked it. I thought it was different. You know, it, yeah. it gave you a little bit of your your Black Widow feels where everyone's against you and, you know, you got this secret and then you got the people you got to really got to figure out for Clint what they mean to him and what they what they mean to him and what he means to them. Mm-hmm. Did I say that twice? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 
and like how they're going to react to that. And I think the reveal that, you know, he was just going with the ruse just to protect the family was really sweet. And again, I think it's the shift that Cliff needed because I don't feel like the Cliff we would have seen before would have done that, Clint. Mm-hmm would have done anything like that you know and and it's interesting that they're now finally trying to get to this version of clint in the mcu i guess it fits though because i would say that jeremy renner's portrayal of hawkeye has been that of before the matt fraction series yeah i mean and now and now we're getting to the matt fraction series it's like i don't know if renner can pull it off though i don't know either that's mm. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I don't trust it. Yeah. We'll see. Haley, again, once again, Haley's going to be, and Kate Bishop's going to be the one pulling all the heavy lifting. So. Mm, we shall see. Are you, do you feel like reading this made you more excited for the show? It did, actually. I'm not going to lie. Um, huh. Knowing that they really are pulling a lot from this, um, it did make me more excited for the show. I wish that they did more of this. Where they were like kind of pulling from a comic and it was um, where then readers can kind of go back and really follow along, get yourself even more excited because it's like, oh, now that I've reread this, I'm going to be able to really pick up on all the like little like Easter eggs and stuff going on in the background and kind of see the differences of what you're changing with the story for live action and all that kind of stuff. So I did like that they are kind of basing this off that. Okay. I think I feel the same. Would you do you do you prefer for comics to be kind of comic book adaptations to be based off of like a comic run or a comic event or do you rather them just take the character and put them in a new story like a fresh story? No, I, I prefer the doing something that's based off the comic books. Mm-hmm. I feel Some like, people don't I feel like, like it because I said they say like you know they want to be surprised or if I was if I wanted to know the story I could just go read the comic. Um. I mean, I don't know. I feel like that, for me at least, it enhances the enjoyment of the story, knowing that, like, oh, this is this comic book thing that I've read that looked very pretty and looked very beautiful, and here it is brought to life, and I get to see it, like, in a quote-unquote real sense, and experience that, and I think it looks good, and it gives you a whole different feel, because, yeah, you could be surprised, but I think you lose a lot of that attachment that you probably had to the original story before. Yeah. Yeah, so. I, I agree. I prefer them to kind of like base it off of a comic um, rather than go fresh. Although, who knows what they're going to do for like, you know, the X-Men. They might go. Oh, no, I think they're going to give us everything again. <laughs> hey, I just, um, A, you know, again, I feel like we said this when we had this conversation before, but um, I just... Feel like the MCU wants to give us their version of like a Dark Phoenix or their yeah. version of I don't know what else do they do in the X Men movies? <laughs> it's just the Phoenix. <laughs> whatever those, whatever they did. Oh, Magneto. <laughs> they fought Magneto a lot, so you know they're gonna want to do all of that, and so we're just gonna have to deal with seeing it again. It's not gonna be for like forty years, so it doesn't matter. That's fair. Yeah. I guess we going. Back, I guess I'm going back to X Factor on the government squad. Get ready for uh, your girl to be back with Angel. Oh no! <laughs> mm-hmm. I forgot all about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, girl. 
We're going back. Back to 97. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that kind of like just ruined my day a little bit. <laughs> well, on that note, let's go ahead and wrap this up then while we contemplate things. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, we really appreciate y'all. I hope that everybody liked the um, these first like six issues of Hawkeye. I really enjoyed it. Um, it really woke up again why that whole Matt Fraction run was so dope. Um, and it got me really excited for the show. I'm excited to see how they adapt it and how they really kind of bring this all this stuff to life. So um, that brings us to the end of the show. Make sure you check us out wherever you catch your podcast. Rate and subscribe. You can watch us on YouTube at another Relaunch TV. You can find us on most social media platforms at Unca- I'm sorry, another relaunch. You can find me on most social media platforms at Uncanny LZ. Keenan, where can I find you? You guys can follow me at Keenan Lance. You know there's an underscore at the Boom. All right, y'all, let's get up out of here and we'll catch y'all next week. Peace.